Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. And this is what we call one of those emergency podcasts. It's not really an emergency, but it's one we want to put out quick after big news. And there is really big news today. Really big recruiting news. Really big football news. Really big news regarding Brian Harson, Auburn's new coach. And uh, to discuss this, I'm joined by Jason Caldwell of Inside the Auburn Tigers. And again, I'm Keith Niebuhr with 24-7 Sports and Auburn Undercover. And, and we're the two recruiting insiders. And that's why we're on this show today, Jason, because the news is significant. Dylan Brooks, released from his letter of intent with the Tennessee Volunteers on Friday, has committed to the Auburn Tigers today. We're going to give you a little background and then we're going to talk about what kind of player is he is and what kind of role he might have with Auburn. But, Jason, just your initial reaction, Dylan Brooks, finally, after a long, winding road, is going to be an Auburn Tiger. Keith, it's, it's really interesting because I think when we kind of started, you know, following his recruiting, we both thought he was going to wind up at Auburn. We didn't know it was going to take this long and winding that was, road. That was, about, that was about three years ago. <laughs> yes, I, it I was. Know. It's been about three years ago. Correct. Uh, but I think, you know, for, for, you know, the whole process, everything, it's been a grind. There's no question about it. But I think uh, in the end, uh, I, I think this is where I thought Dylan was going to wind up all along. Um, I think it's a comfortable place for him. Um, but it, it hasn't been easy. Um, and, and so along the way, there's been a whole lot of uh, peaks and valleys uh, in this recruiting. And so I think, uh, I think he's – you know, he, he, his family, coaches, everybody probably uh, happier than anybody that this thing's going to be done. Well, like you, I always thought he would end up at Auburn until he actually signed with Tennessee, and then I figured it was over with. But let's, uh, let's tell you a little bit about Dylan Brooks. Who is he? Six feet five, 250 pounds, defensive end, could be a weak side end, which means he's a pass rush guy, could be a strong side guy. It's really going to depend on how much he grows. We'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. But he is the number 76 overall recruit in the country for the class of 2021. Again, he's a 2021 guy. He will enroll at Auburn this coming summer. Uh, we have him as the number four ranked recruit in the state of Alabama. Again, for the industry-generated 24-7 sports composite. That takes 24-7's rankings, ESPN's rankings, rivals' rankings, and puts them in a bowl, mixes them up, and gives you kind of an average. So a top 100 recruit, Jason, he immediately becomes the highest-ranked recruit on the 2021 commit list or in the 2021 recruiting class for Auburn. Uh, played at Hanley High School, Roanoke, Alabama, just about an hour away from Auburn. He's been going to Auburn games forever. He's had relatives play at Auburn. One of them, many of you will recognize this name, Jairus McIntyre. 
the former great receiver with the Tigers, who's now the head coach down in uh, at Tampa Catholic High School in the Tampa Bay area of Florida. But Dylan Brooks, six feet five, again, 250 pounds, a big addition for the Tigers. But, you know, Jason, last spring, you and I both thought, okay, this guy's probably leaning toward Auburn. But behind the scenes, we were learning things more and more each week. And uh, we started to hear in the spring that Auburn was starting to be concerned with Tennessee, that Tennessee had really built a great relationship with Dylan Brooks, Derek Ansley, the defensive coordinator, Jeremy Pruitt, the head coach, some other people up in Knoxville. And uh, Auburn was getting real concerned. And sure enough, we got a, we got a call one, one spring morning, I, I think it was April, uh, that said, hey, Dylan's, Dylan's going to Tennessee. Later that day, he picked Tennessee, and he was committed to the volunteers throughout the process. Auburn continued to work on him. Uh, there was always some concern in the Brooks camp that they didn't really know how much the old Auburn staff wanted him, though. And we brought this up before. The, uh, the recruitment of him was sort of hot and cold. Uh, sometimes it was hot, sometimes it wasn't. Uh, but Tennessee was consistently there for him, and he felt the need there. He felt the love. They were told that uh, the, the Brooks family was told that Dylan would have a chance to compete for a starting job early uh, in Knoxville, and, and that's where he was committed. And then he, lo and behold, signed with Tennessee during the early period in December. He actually told people he didn't sign, uh, and that became a little bit of an issue too. But it turns out he did sign it, which was revealed a week or so later uh, or a couple of weeks later. Uh, but he signed with, uh, with Tennessee in December. So you're thinking it's all done. But in January, Tennessee fires Jeremy Pruitt for a lot of reasons, apparently. Uh, we'll, let the, we'll let the Tennessee lawyers talk about that, Jason. But, uh, and then just within 24 hours, Dylan had reached out to us and said, hey, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna submit a request for release. This is an extenuating circumstance. I was, according to Dylan, he was told in uh, last year that these guys would not be fired. Uh, he signed, they were fired, and he wanted out of that situation. Really close with Jeremy Pruitt. So when Pruitt was no longer at Tennessee, um, you know, that meant he didn't really want to be there. He, he really liked Tennessee, but it was that relationship with Pruitt that was such a big factor. Uh, put in his request for a national letter of intent release. Took 30-something days, just over 30 days. I think it was, was the 30th day when Tennessee got back to him and said, okay, we'll let you out of that release. But according to Dylan, at first – uh, there were some restrictions, and, and the main restriction was, or I guess the only one, you can't play anywhere in the SEC. Uh, but Tennessee faced some backlash from some media out there uh, and a day later did the right thing. And, I, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and bash Tennessee, Jason, but they did the right thing in the end uh, and gave Dylan that full and unconditional release. That was Friday. A day later, he's an Auburn Tiger. He talked to the Auburn coaches late Friday. Because uh, they couldn't communicate with him until he was released. He also talked to some other schools. Many schools reached out. I can tell you one, UCF, now uh, coached by one Gus Malzahn. Uh, there was some interest from FSU, Clemson, some others, Oklahoma, I think. Uh, but in the end, Jason, he's an Auburn Tiger. I know that was a long story, and I haven't let you talk any. But just your general thoughts on, on, on the, you know, Tennessee finally in the end doing, doing the right thing. Yeah, you, you mentioned it. And, and this is not just about – a school firing a coach because that's the thing that this kind of got lost in this is like, you know, it's not just about that. When, when your chancellor in that same press conference basically admits because of serious NCAA violations, then that's, that's more of an issue in my opinion. It's like you're, you're signing with a program that's getting ready to potentially go on probation without the coach you sign with too. To me, it's all, it's all in one. And so in the end, I, I just don't think Tennessee had much of a choice in this matter. If you don't do this, especially having already released another player in a similar situation, 
you come off looking really bad. And, and they'd already kind of set themselves up in the state of Alabama anyway um, with Rock Taylor at Oxford and, and kind of basically telling him the day before that you know, they didn't have room for him in a class. They'd already kind of put themselves in a, in a bad light anyway. And now, now to add to it, I, I thought in the end that was the, the really the only choice they had was to, uh, to give him that full release. Yeah, I, I, you know, part of me, I, you know, you, you try to be as impartial here as possible. <clears throat> we know the kid. Uh, we know what he, he wanted. He didn't really want to go there once Jeremy Pruitt left. But, you know, I understood Tennessee's situation to a certain degree because, you know, you want a, a guy that signed. I mean, look, they tell you to sign with the, for the school, with the school, not for a coach. So you understand that part. And, um, you know, they, they just figured, I think, hey, let him meet the new coaches. Let's see what happens. You never know. Who knows, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it became clear that no matter who the coach was there, uh, no matter who the defensive coordinator, Dylan, like any of that stuff, Dylan just really didn't want to be there anymore. And, uh, you know, so it, look, it, I don't think it's, I don't think it's productive to just sit here and bash Tennessee all day long. I mean, they, they, in the end, they did the right thing here. And, and look, Dylan wasn't an early enrollee, so there was no academic issues there. Uh, and he still had plenty of time between when, you know, now and when he enrolls. No, I, I guess what I'm saying is it, what's done is done. And he's happy. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, um, I, I think, you know, again, Rodney Garner, for Auburn's former defensive line coach, Jason, is now Tennessee's defensive line coach. And, and uh, you know, we had always heard that, you know, there was discussion on the Auburn staff. Like some people maybe wanted him more than others. So, you know, I don't know. I, it's, it's kind of a unique situation. But, again, in the end – uh, it's it's over and done with, and it, it, no point in belaboring this and, and beating a dead horse. But Jason, what is Auburn getting in Dylan Brooks? Because that's what really, I, I guess I waited too long to get to this part, but that's what fans want to know. What is Auburn getting in Dylan Brooks, the number seventy six recruit in the country? I, I think it's upside for him, and I think it's all about potential. He's a guy that that played, you know, and had a, a, a stronger senior season as he played himself back into shape. That was probably the toughest part for him. Toughest part for a lot of kids that were in smaller towns. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of kids that were in, you know, bigger towns that had access to maybe a, a more areas where they could work out, do some things during the pandemic, didn't have as much impact on them. But for, you know, kids in these smaller towns, there, there was nowhere to go work out unless you kind of jumped out and, and, you know, ran the roads or did something. So Dylan, when, when, when they got back on the field in, in, in August, I think he was a little bit out of shape. He'd be the first to admit that. And, and his coach, you know, told me as much when I went over and watched him, you know, one of the first days they were back to practice. I think it took him all year to kind of get back into the rhythm a little bit. So I think he's a guy, to me, you mentioned defensive end. You, know, you think about Derek Mason potentially being a 3-4. I think he could, could potentially be a, a bigger stand-up guy. I, I think he's an athletic kid. That's the one thing he is. He played basketball. He did some things. I think, I think athleticism right now more than power would be my strength and so I think he's got to get bigger and stronger much like just about every kid you recruit out of high school so I think you know the athletic part of things maybe you could have a big stand-up outside guy in a three four kind of system I think he does gives you some of those things but to me, to me the biggest thing is for, for Dylan's going to be coming to Auburn and finding that that mean streak uh, he's such a nice kid uh, and he's always been bigger and, and more athletic than just about everybody's played now he's going to go up against guys that are that are bigger and and fast and and are he's going to have to develop that mean streak to kind of take that game to the next level and that happens a lot of times. Yeah, I think people look at this kid's ranking and they say, okay, top 100 recruit. I mean, this guy's going to be playing on day one. I I don't know if that's going to happen. 
you know, one, you, like you said, he, he's an upside guy. He's got a lot of work. I mean, the clay is there. The piece of clay is there. And there's a lot of athleticism and skill and, and that frame with which uh, to work if you're an Auburn coach. But on the other hand, Jason, on the other hand, you know, Auburn's got a pretty good defensive line and edge rusher room right now. Uh, you know, you forget they just brought in Andrew Leota from Northwestern uh, uh, as a, a transfer, and he's going to be able, eligible to play right away. That's a guy that's an edge guy. I got uh, uh, Derek Hall back, uh, Romello Heights, a guy on the team. So there's some guys there. Uh, so they don't, but that's good. That's good. That is actually good that he doesn't have to come in and be a con- major contributor from day one. That's not to sit from day one. That's not to say that can't happen, but it's good that it doesn't have to happen because Auburn, it, look in the SEC, you got to, you, you're going to win up front a lot of games. And, and Auburn, um, you know, Auburn's D line should be significantly improved over last year. So I think that's a good thing, Jason. They can take their time with him, and uh, and he can learn the ropes and get physically stronger. And they don't have to force him out there from day one. They can wait till he's truly ready to play. So don't be surprised if he's not out there against Penn State in week three or whatever. I mean, this is this is a work in progress, Dylan Brooks, and and I think everybody that recruited him knew that and understood that. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, you mentioned the depth there. I think that's one of the keys. And and you mentioned you know a guy like like Leota coming in. Uh, that may be the case study in, in what Dylan Brooks can become in this defense because they're very similar type of guys, very similar size. Um, and we'll see if the skill set matches up. But I think it's probably pretty close, uh, you know. But, you know, it could could Dylan Brooks play at, at 275 by the time he's done? Yes. Um, could, he, could he be a 245 stand-up outside linebacker? Yeah. I, you know, you never know which way guys are going to go when That's they right. get that college That's strength right. and conditioning program. That's what we'll have to see for him what he looks like probably by the, the middle or end of that first year because he's not in early. He's not yeah. in spring practice. And, Jason, you bring up a good point. You never know which direction a guy's body is going to go, but you also don't know how that – whatever direction they go, how that's going to impact their play. I mean, a lot of people think Owen Popo was better in 2019 than 2020. Maybe not – I mean, better laterally moving and, and, and quickness and things because he put on weight. He became a different type of player. Here's another example of that. Actually, it was on the tip of my tongue, and I forgot it. Give me well, a second, T.D. Moultrie's a guy. T.D. Moultrie, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more You're thinking, weight okay. he, gained, he lost that quickness edge. That's right. That's the thing. You have to, you have to find that, that common ground. It's been one of the keys. Hey, uh, I was always the proponent of a guy like Jaron Handy getting bigger and moving inside. By the end of the year last year, we saw him start to turn the corner and, and get low and be able to, to pressure, pressure the quarterback. And I thought, okay, well, maybe at 255, that's where he belongs. So yeah. sometimes it takes a little while to figure that out. All right, lastly here, before we let everybody off the hook and, and back, get back to their normal, regularly scheduled programming in their lives. Jason, this is big for Brian Harson, obviously, Auburn's new head coach. I mean, you know, look, I mean – uh, you know, AL.com kind of took some shots at him for his uh, recruiting with the 2021 class, the finish. Um, you know, it's you – know, look, I mean, it's – you're a new coach. You're, you're trying to get the right guys in there, and it's, it's hard right now, especially in this, you know, pandemic era where you can't go to schools and you can't have kids on campus. But uh, this is a big win. Again, a top 100 recruit, in-state guy, uh, I, you know, just what do you think? What are your thoughts on the overall significance just for Brian Harson and the, yeah. the Auburn program here? Yeah, I think it's important. You're right because you know I think Auburn fans found out, um, and other people haven't had to haven't had to learn. But what other schools had figured out, which is when you make a coaching change nowadays because of the early signing period, it is a significant 
um, issue when you talk about that February signing period because there's just not a whole lot of guys left. Um, I mean, was it 90% or so of the top players already signed? So uh, it, it, it definitely puts a crimp on, on that February signing period and makes it tough. Uh, I thought they did a good job of finding quality players, uh, even though the rankings might not back it up yeah. in all cases. But I thought they did a pretty good job. But you're right now is, is the moving forward part and getting a guy like Dylan Brooks is a big deal when you start talking about 2022 and 23. Well, he's a big, he's a big name guy. Everybody knows who Dylan Brooks is. J- Jason, you, you, know, you mentioned it earlier. We've been writing about this guy for years. Kids read our stuff. Uh, coaches do, high school people. I mean, you know, fans do. So they, they've. This is a. This is something. And also, Dylan's been in the news this week. So now, uh, now he's an Auburn Tiger, and people are talking about Auburn again in a good way. And hey, Auburn got a big time guy, in, and uh, you know, maybe that can get the ball rolling a little bit as we head into the 2022 cycle. But uh, anyway, Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers. Thanks for joining us. I am Keith Niebuhr with Auburn Undercover and 24-7 Sports, and this was the Auburn Undercover Podcast. We appreciate everybody stopping by. A big day for the Auburn football program. Dylan Brooks, former Tennessee signee, top 100 recruit, is now headed to Auburn. Take care, everybody.